Of course, we're always glad to have those who join us uh, by live stream. Uh, we have several that uh, always are part of our time together, so they're with us in heart and spirit, so we welcome you as well. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Let's just entrust this time to him tonight. Well, Father God, we are so incredibly grateful for the gift of your love in our lives and your grace and how your grace has changed our lives, how your grace meets every need that we have. As you declare in your word, it is all sufficient. And we thank you, Lord God, for uh, just being able to have the freedom to come together again tonight. And um, Lord God, know that you're here. Uh, I rejoice in our sweet services this morning, both at 9 and 11. Thank you, Lord God, for uh, all who were part of Sunday school tonight, uh, this morning, and Lord, um, uh, all the incredible children that we saw. Uh, but Lord, we just want tonight to focus on what you have for us here at this time. So I'm grateful. I thank you for those who have come. And those who are joining us, we ask you to bless this and achieve what you want to achieve uh, out of your heart for us. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Um, we want to begin our time tonight with uh, uh, praying for others, some things I want to share with you, and then I'll allow you to share whatever request or praises, always open it up for praises as well. Uh, but uh, first of all, I want to remind you for us to be praying for Rick Cothran, Denise Cothran's uh, husband, Rick. As you know, both Denise and Rick uh, have uh, had COVID. Uh, Denise is already back at work. Uh, the doctor has told Rick that he is over the COVID part, but he does have double pneumonia. Uh, he's at home, and uh, so... It's not at that point. His oxygen level is very good, uh, but uh, they're, they're adding another antibiotic with the antibiotic that he's taken uh, to help knock this out. So uh, let's, let's pray for our brother Rick Cuthman. Also, um, um, I guess a lot of you already know, but Miss Margaret Lindley did pass away Thursday night. Um, they have not uh, met with the funeral home yet. They'll be meeting with the funeral home tomorrow. Bonnie Freeman and, uh, of course, Dennis and, and, and uh, the other, the children of Miss Margaret. And so I don't have any arrangements for you. Uh, they'll make those tomorrow. But let's pray for this family. And um, uh, so Bonnie has lost both her father and mother. And uh, so, and they're tired. And Bonnie has her, her issues as well. She struggles with Parkinson's. So um, all of that stress, everything that goes with that makes that even worse. So let's, let's pray for Bonnie Freeman and her family. Uh, Joe Campbell, uh, a praise and a prayer request. Uh, first of all, they finally got him off all the antibiotics he had been on for three years. Uh, had a lot of side effects to that. And so he is off that. Then on Friday, uh, or maybe it was Thursday, I can't remember now, all the days start running together. You ever had that problem? But uh, anyhow, uh, he got where he was slur of speech and dizzy, and so they took him to St. Francis downtown. Um, they originally said it was a stroke. I believe it was more of a TIA kind of stroke. Nothing was left permanent. 
And then after a day, I think two days later, he was, he's back home. So um, we, we just, they just need to find out what they did test on his carotid arteries and things of that nature. So they really haven't zeroed in on what caused it, but uh, he is home. So let's, let's pray for Joe and, of course, Jackie as she is taking care of him. Uh, Ronnie Bell with us tonight, and he has a cousin, Bill Baker, that, uh, was that this afternoon, uh, Ronnie? This afternoon, he's out riding on his motorcycle and was hit by a car. Okay. Okay. So we're going to be praying until, and hopefully we get news soon on him. Uh, Landon Clark, um, we've been praying for this little young man for quite a while. He goes back to MSU or MUSC, um, uh, I believe tomorrow or at least this week, uh, just to check up to see how the first surgery went, make sure he's healing well, and then uh, I assume then they'll start setting up a date for the next surgery. It's still a bladder type surgery. And... Um, if that goes well, then he gets to be put on the list for a heart transplant. They're just trying to get him to that point where they can get him on the list. So we, we need to be praying for this young man, um, uh, Bubba and Mackenzie Bagwell. Mackenzie's son. And uh, so let's just keep landing before the Lord. Uh, also, Mr. Mark Mullins. Uh, I, I miss him being here. Uh, I need to tell him he can text me from home while I'm preaching because he has a tendency to text me here while I'm preaching and, uh, and sharing. I have fun with that. He knows that. He's probably watching right now. <laughs> Anyhow, he has two, um, I'm going to call it diabetic ulcers. Can I do that, Debbie? Is that accurate? One on each foot. And, uh, you know, you have to be so careful with those things. Uh, when you're diabetic, he has no feeling in his feet. So he didn't know those things were there. Uh, let's go to the doctor tomorrow. Hopefully they're seeing improvement. Until then, he has got to be off his feet, obviously, uh, as they're working with that. So let's remember our brother Mark and uh, be uh, praying for him. As you know, we mentioned this morning that next Sunday night in here, we have a call conference where we'll be bringing... Uh, Mrs. Lauren Sutherland uh, before you, uh, the trustees will be, uh, for your approval for her to be called to be our children's ministry director. And uh, so we just want you to be praying about that. Uh, we are, I am personally excited about it. And so I think it's going, uh, I think it's God's blessing, but you be praying and, and, and we need your approval. Trustees need your approval to go forward with that. So let's Let's remember that as well. And uh, boy, we had a host of kids here today. I don't know how many they had in children's church, but like a, I think half the congregation left at the 11 o'clock service. You know, when I said, children, you're dismissed, it looked like the whole congregation got up and left. Uh, but uh, them and the youth, so uh, anyhow, that's good. Praise the Lord. That's our future. And so have that many young families uh, that are part. Uh, of that, and we're grateful. Uh, we're seeing our, our Sunday school uh, increasing as we try to move forward through the 
coronavirus and navigate through there. Uh, and even in our couples classes, I know all three that were down here uh, had a good group. And uh, in fact, we got one couples class we got to find another classroom for because uh, they had 16 in there today. Uh, that's my brothers, that, that younger, younger couples, they had 16 in there. And that classroom won't hold that. So we got to find another place. Isn't that a good isn't that a good problem to have? Yeah, praise the Lord for that. All right, any other, let's, uh, uh, if you got a prayer request, going to need you to speak up because I'm the only one that's got the, the microphone here. Lynn? Um, the chief at Donaldson's um, Center for Eden, he's already retired. He was the chief when Mike was there. He passed away on Friday, Thursday. Now, I, somebody gave me his name. I think I saw it on my phone. What's his name? Ronnie Boyce. Yes, somebody told me about, Jay Mitchell told me about that today. All right, so a uh, retired chief uh, fireman, and he, he passed away, so we need to be praying for his family, of course. Thank you, Lynn, for reminding me of that. Any others? Pray for Jane. I pray for Jane every day, Clyde, because she lives with you. Uh, I, I could have, y'all need to understand, if I didn't give Clyde a hard time, he wouldn't think I loved him. So I give him a hard time. <laughs> but we all pray for both of you. How about that? Will that work, Clyde? Amen. Amen. Good. All right. Okay. Join me. And let's go to the throne of grace together. Well, Lord God, as we come, we have mentioned some very specific people that's on our heart. We think about our brother, uh, Rick Cothran, uh, Lord, who uh, uh, is struggling here with this double pneumonia. And we're, we're calling upon you because you are Jehovah Rapha. We think about him. We think about Joe uh, Campbell. We think about Bill Baker, Ronnie Bell's cousin, uh, even Landon Clark and Mark, all of these needing, Father, uh, a very special touch of your healing hand upon their bodies. And uh, we're asking you to show up and show out for them. Lord, you tell us in your word that your eyes are looking to and fro across the face of the earth and uh, looking to show yourself strong on behalf of those, Lord God, whose heart are committed to you. So, Lord God, we're asking you to, Lord, fulfill that word in their lives as, Lord, we call upon you on their behalf. We're interceding and asking you to, Lord, touch them with your healing hands and just lavish your incredible grace upon them. And then, of course, Lord God, we think about uh, Miss Bonnie Freeman and, um, Lord, the, the family of this fire chief that has passed away. And, and dear Heavenly Father, any time we lose a loved one, even, even when we're ready, and Lord, they were ready. They've been waiting for the Lord. Margaret had even been talking to me about it. She's just waiting for the Lord to call her. Uh, Lord, it's still what we feel in that moment in that time when we know our Lord, it's a settled issue. They're no longer with us. So I just pray for a very special touch of your mercy and Lord God, your loving kindness on these families and, and you and you alone can, by your grace, strengthen them and help them during uh, this time. And then Lord God, we, we lift up um, going forward as the body of Christ. 
still trying to be wise. This, we understand, Lord God, from week to week things can change, but we just ask for, Lord, we, we first of all want to thank you. Uh, we've had some within our fellowship that, Lord, have have been in contact and tested positive for this virus, but very, very few all have done and, Lord, uh, have um, been victorious over it. And we want to thank you and praise you for that. Uh, but, Lord, we, we're constantly looking for that wisdom to know, uh, Lord, uh, to do the right thing as we move forward. Uh, we just thank you for, uh, Lord, the blessings of all the incredible children we have, the youth. Lord, last Wednesday night, we were rejoicing. Rusty was out, his room was absolutely full with young people. And so we want to thank you for that. And, and dear Heavenly Father, as we continue just to make the right decisions as we, um, Lord, try to serve and minister and just keep our faith and trust in you. Uh, we do lift up, Lord, uh, the call of Lauren Sutherland. And Lord God, we want your will, obviously, to be done, not our will. Uh, but Lord, we feel like you've already spoken to us. So I just ask that my brothers and sisters will pray and pray earnestly. And Lord, be here to be a part, uh, Lord, of um, that being brought before the body of Christ. Again, I thank you for those who are here tonight. And Lord, as we're going to get into the word, I'm trusting you for the words, uh, Lord God, that you want me to speak and share as we study this passage together. And I thank you in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thank you so much. All right, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Ephesians chapter six. We have been in a study on spiritual warfare praying. In reality, if you've kind of watched, we're really doing a verse-by-verse -verse study uh, of this passage, Ephesians chapter 6 and verses 10 through 20, but we've been looking at it from the angle of spiritual warfare praying, because everything really Paul says beginning in verse 10 is laying the foundation for us to be able to successfully and effectively stand in the gap and to intercede for others, uh, to stand in the gap on behalf of those who are lost, stand in the gap on, uh, for couples who maybe are struggling, families that are struggling, stand in the gap for the body of Christ, not just this body of Christ, uh, the unique body here at Washington Baptist Church, but the universal body of Christ around uh, the world uh, because uh, the answer, we have the answer to what is needed and we need churches to be strong and to be courageous and to take that stand and to speak up. And so we're talking about being able to stand in that gap, but to remind you, that to choose to stand in the gap and to intercede is to place yourself on the front lines of spiritual warfare. Now, having said that, I don't want that to discourage you uh, because we are more than conquerors in Christ. We are in Christ and, um, and uh, we are part of the victory. And, and the one who is the victor. So anyhow, I don't want to discourage you on that. And I also want to remind you that if you choose not to be on the front lines and not intercede, you're still going to be in spiritual warfare 24-7. <laughs> it's just a reality. And we don't like to talk about it that much. We don't want to focus on all these other things. But uh, every moment that you're asleep and every moment you're alive, you have an enemy and I have an enemy. 
It is Satan and his kingdom of darkness. And uh, he never throws in the towel. He never quits. His kingdom is constantly seeking to destroy our testimony. They can't take our salvation from us. Praise the name of the Lord. But they can destroy our testimony. Um, they can destroy our marriages if we're not wise and we're not uh, aware of the fact that he is there to do that. He is called the destroyer. Or destroy a church or destroy a community. So, or as it looks like he's doing now, destroying this country uh, with all the unrest. So, to me, it's a no-brainer. Uh, I have no other option for me. In my heart, in my mind, I'm thinking, listen, I'm not going to sit back and just let him attack. I'm going to go on the offense. And so, he's going to bring it to me whether I bring it to him or not. So I've decided that from the scripture here, I'm going to bring it to him. And uh, so uh, I want him to be on the defense and so that the authority of Christ can bring forth the victory. So that's what we're talking about here uh, in this passage of Ephesians chapter 6, uh, verses 10 through 20. Now, because we're doing verse by verse, and we're going to be looking eventually tonight in verses 18, 19, and 20, all dealing with prayer, I do want to make sure that once again, briefly to help you understand how important all the other is. You do not want to intercede if, number one, you're not in the right position, and you, and number two, you have not made the right preparation. And if you didn't get a copy, by the way, of the outline, it should be back there in the back. If you want to get up and get one, that's perfectly fine. So let me just remind you what we mean by the right position. He says in verse 10, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. And so we want the strength of the Lord in our lives. We cannot have the strength of the Lord in our lives if we've got sin in our life we haven't dealt with. So the right position is to make sure we have dealt with everything we need to deal with in our lives. It can be an attitude, it can be action, you know, it can be anything that uh, would grieve or quench the Holy Spirit in our lives. That's the last thing we want. Because we're going to look in a minute and he's going to talk about praying in the Spirit. Well, if we're going to pray in the Spirit of the Lord, we do not need that Spirit grieved or quenched. So the right position is what I call a confessed up position. I've dealt with everything. I've been honest. I've been transparent with the Lord so that he could show me everything that I need to know about myself that I need to get right with him. And by the way, let me just add this. Don't wait till morning time when you have a devotion or the evening time when you get through the end of the day to try to deal with these things. When they come up, deal with it. It's done. Move on through the rest of the day. You might be in your sanctuary on wheels and the Holy Spirit of God just speak to your heart and say, you know what? That's not the right attitude. What you're thinking about right now and the way you're thinking about it is not the right attitude. And so you need to, you need to address it right there and move on into the rest of the day. And definitely don't wait to Sunday mornings. You know, because that means you go all week, you know, and in broken fellowship with the Lord. So anyhow, be in the right position 
And for the last two weeks, we've been talking about uh, making the right preparation. That is putting on the armor of God. And he, he talks about this in verse 11. Here's where he begins. He says, put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Now, what is implied here? It's not said directly, but what is implied by commanding us to put on the armor, if we do not put on the armor, then we are so incredibly vulnerable to our enemy. I mean, that's why we have to get ready for the battle. So he says, you've got to have the armor on, the full armor of God, so that you'll be able to stand against the schemes of the devil in this battle that we are having with him and his kingdom of darkness. So we walk through those together, uh, beginning in verse 14, uh, about the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness and our feet shod with the uh, the gospel of peace. Uh, we've talked about putting on the helmet, taking up the shield, picking up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I'm not going to go through all those again, obviously, but let me just say this. And here's the way I approach this. This is how I see it. Uh, sometimes I hear teachers teach, you know, when you get up in the morning, don't you go out that door till you put on the armor. Well, here's my approach. I don't ever take it off. If this battle's 24-7, why would I take it off? And so I want all of my life to be focused on truth, you know, standing for the truth, speaking the truth. I want my life to stay, I want to stay on the path of righteousness every day, as, as uh, David said in Psalms 23, Lord, lead me down the path of righteousness for your name's sake. Uh, I know I'm at peace with God uh, through the Lord Jesus Christ, but again, I want to make sure I'm confessed up, so there's nothing there in terms of my fellowship being broken, so I have a firm foundation whenever that battle starts, and I'm dealing with Satan, however he's attacking me. And uh, so the heaven of salvation, picking up that shield of faith, having the, the word of God ready uh, uh, for the spirit to use in my life. I, I just don't have, because I would tell you experience I had, okay? It's kind of kind of different, kind of unique. Doesn't happen often, but it has happened once or twice. And that is some of my most uh, intense mental struggles with, with my enemy, our adversary, is about 3.30 in the morning. I don't know why at that time, but 3 or 3 o'clock, uh, 3 or 3.30 in the morning. And uh, I'll wake up <clears throat> and it is sometimes intense. He is hitting me with every negative that could possibly hit me with in terms of the body of Christ, in terms of my own personal life. And, and, and so he just starts bombarding me. And I just start quoting scripture. He doesn't like scripture. He doesn't like the sword of the spirit. So uh, I start with my favorite verses, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, and Ephesians 3, 20, and Galatians 2, 20, uh, and, and sometimes John 3, 6, and I said, let me just keep it simple, Satan. <laughs> For God so loved me <laughs> that he gave me his only begotten son. Now, you know, I don't want you to, th you know, 
well, that's just the way I experienced it. And I'll tell you, I had one experience. I'm just, I don't even know why I didn't plan to share this, but it's coming up, okay? So it's going to come out. <laughs> um, I woke up around 3, somewhere between 3 and 3.30 when we were still living in the parsonage. And in my mind, I was just saying over and over again, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Now, I was somewhat asleep, if you can understand what I'm talking about, yet the battle was, and when I finally actually woke up, I was, I was actually, I was just drenched in sweat. Had no idea what it was about, but I know that somehow in my spirit, I was in a, in a battle. Don't, I don't know any other details. So for me, I just never take that armor off. I just want to be ready for battle 24-7. So I encourage you to always be checking your armor. <laughs> Make sure you got your armor on you and, and uh, you're ready for battle at any time in your life. Well, what we want to do tonight is pick up now the third thing that I gave to you at the very beginning was not only that we be in the right position and make the right preparation, but to have the right perspective. And that perspective is that we have one enemy and, and really that's where we got to focus our attention. My enemy is not my son-in-law, Tim. Uh, I don't think we've ever had a crossword. I think when you ask for her hand in marriage, I just told you if you ever hurt her, I would hurt you. So, uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, uh, it's not people. Even though we get it and they're, you know, that's where we feel it, obviously. That's where on the surface it appears the battle is. Bottom line, it is Satan manipulating people in our lives and, and trying to manipulate us in response to people in our lives. So with that being said, as we look in verses 18 uh, through 20 tonight, uh, I want you to notice three things that I believe Paul focuses in on. The first one I'm calling warring because this whole part of the first part of verse 18 is talking about prayer. He is saying you get in the right position, you make the right preparations, and boom, here's the battle, and it's in prayer. So here's what he says beginning in verse 18. He says, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. That's a pretty powerful statement. Let me read it again. He says, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. Now, the specific word that he uses for prayer here uh, is uniquely designated in the New Testament to speak of just calling upon Almighty God. And as I was looking at that again this afternoon, I thought about the song that Lynn Carr sung and, and uh, Pam, you have sung as well, uh, El Shaddai, because El Shaddai means Almighty God. Uh, it can be referring to El Elyon, which is the name for God, which means the most high God. Uh, but it, it's a word, it, it, it means more than just um, having some devotional time with the Lord, it means you are seeking to directly connect 
to the throne of God and to Almighty God. And, and that's why, listen, this is why Satan fights prayer so much. Uh, he fights it because he knows if we get connected, if we are committed and we, we know that in Christ we can approach the throne of grace and literally connect with the Lord God Almighty, then uh, he knows how the battle's going to end up. The battle's still going to be real, but he knows how the battle is going to end up. So here's some things. Let me ask you if these things are ever, you ever struggle with. You ever start praying and your mind starts wandering? You know? Uh, all of a sudden, everybody has ADHD when they start praying. <laughs> Your mind is going in a thousand directions, you know. It seemed to me of single thought to you sit down and said, Lord, and all of a sudden, all this other stuff. Let me ask you this. Has ever, and I'm going to use it because I need, uh, I'm using it for a W word. <laughs> Wicked thoughts. You ever had just something pop in your mouth? Where did that come from? I'm going to tell you where it come from. It come from Satan. Trying to grieve the Holy Spirit. Trying to distract us. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes it, all of a sudden worldly thoughts. You start thinking about all the things in the world and our life and Oh, what am I going to do about my finances and, and all these things? Just start, but what's he doing? He is totally trying through just wandering thoughts and wicked thoughts and worldly thoughts, just trying to totally distract us. So how do you overcome those things? Well, I'm going to give you two things. First of all, verbal praying. It is very, very, very difficult for me to pray silently. Because when I try to pray silently is when I struggle the most with my mind going in all kinds of directions. But when I pray verbally, that helps me to focus and to stay focused. And so this day and time, even while you're driving down the road, you can do that now, nobody thinks you're crazy. Now there was a time, you know, well, before all this technology come up and you know, the things you can wear and you know, all that, your phone, all that stuff. When, if you were praying out loud going down in your sanctuary on wheels and people were going, you know, they're giving you, now you can do it, don't even have to worry about it. But let me encourage you. If you struggle with that, do verbal praying. Pray out loud. And, and that's what I do. And unless I'm in a situation where someone else is praying, of course, and, and we're a Baptist church, so we don't pray all at the same time, but there are those who do. Anybody got a witness on that? How many has ever been, you know? Yeah. I kind of wish we were that way, then I could join in, you know? Verbally, but anyhow. Uh, so use verbal praying. Let me tell you something else, what I call victorious praying. And that is, I take God's, I'm gonna tell you something that really helps me. And I, I'm just sharing from personal experience, so maybe it's to help you. Is praying God's word back to him. And so I'm gonna open up to a passage I know, all right? And I have learned 
and, and I am going to actually, I'm going to read that verse and then I am going to, I am going to pray that verse in a personal way back to God. Boy, that just helps me to zero in and I'll tell you, Satan does not like to hear, thus saith the Lord. So you start using scripture. I'm telling you, it will help you, I believe, tremendously whether it's your favorite verses or you praying for someone lost, then look in Scripture. Find out what the Scripture says about those who are lost and how you can pray for those and things of that nature and just pray God's Word back. Pray it verbally and you will be victorious as well. So uh, he, he talks here about praying. He also says pray, he says with all prayer. In other words, every form of prayer. Uh, in, in, in the first part of verse 18, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times. So all prayer would mean adoration, time of just worship and praise the Lord. And I like to use the word acts. So I put it in your outline for you down there. Uh, just using the word acts, adoration, uh, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. Okay, so I want to spend time praising the Lord and, and, uh, and I want to spend time confessing, making sure that, you know, again, I've gotten everything dealt with. I, I want to take time to give him thanks for his goodness. I want to tell you, one of the most powerful things that moves the heart of God and moves the hand of God is a, is a grateful servant who is sharing with the Lord how grateful they are for what he has done in their life. I am telling you, that blesses the Lord and he in turn will bless you in response. And then supplication. And that word supplication in Acts is the same word for petition that is used in verse 18 with all prayer and petition. And that means to be specific. To be specific in your praying. Not just a general. Sometimes that's all we've got. You know, uh, we're, we're praying here for Ronnie's cousin and, and, and so we know he's been in the accident. We don't know the details yet. So we're kind of praying in general, Lord, we want you to put your hand on his body. Um, but it may be that we need to be praying for broken legs, surgeries, whatever. We, we don't know. But be as specific as you possibly can in your petitions to the Lord, all right? Just like when you go get a meal, uh, you don't go into a restaurant and say, bless me with lunch. They'll just look at you, right? Well, why do you want that blessing to be is what they're gonna ask you, all right? They want you to be specific, all right? Do you want onions or not want onions? You want jalapenos on that or not jalapenos on that, <laughs> you know? So be very, very specific. So he says here, pray all prayer, with all prayer and petition at all times. And, and then he says, in the spirit, in the spirit. There's only two ways we pray. We either pray with self on the throne of our hearts, or we pray with the spirit of the Lord on the throne of our hearts. In other words, I'm either going to pray in the flesh, and that just simply means I'm just going on whatever I think in my wisdom, and Lord, here's what I think needs to happen. Well, I'm going to pray in the Spirit. 
with the Spirit sitting on my throne in my heart, guiding me and directing me. And that's why I'm, I try to start the day and, and, and then if there's sin comes into my life, I'm going to deal with it because I want that Spirit on the throne of my heart all the time. I need Him. I can't even pray effectively without the Holy Spirit of God sitting on the throne of my heart, guiding me. Paul talks about it in Romans chapter 8. I just thought about this. I didn't in, in my preparation time, talking about the Spirit, you know, knows the heart of the Father and the Spirit is making utterance for us that we cannot even speak. And so he's interceding, but he's also, the word that is used there is sulanto to dinamai and what it means take hold of together with you, opposite from you. In other words, like if I had to move this part of the stage here, I would need Tim here to take hold of together with me, opposite from me, him on one end and me on the other end to move this piece of the stage. Well, the word that is used for the Holy Spirit helping us to pray is he takes hold of together with us, opposite from us. In other words, he's teaming up with us to be able to lift our hearts up in prayer to the Lord, to the Father who is in heaven. All of this is necessary for warfare praying. But then he goes a little bit further, and I just wanted to touch on these as well. Uh, he, he not only mentions warring, but as we get into verse 19, uh, he starts talking about watching. Um, he says this, or latter part of verse 18, uh, instead of verse 19, latter part of verse 18, he says, and with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. I know we don't like to think, be thinking about spiritual warfare all the time. I don't. And I certainly don't want to live my life looking in the review mirror. That means I'm going to crash somewhere, right? But at the same time, if we're actually living life and looking at it with spiritual eyes, we need to know that he's always there looking for any opportunity to devour us. So you have to be on the alert. You have to be able to look at people and look through them and see who's really working behind them or the situation or whatever. Because you know as well as I do, you're going to be blindsided, right? I mean, we're going to be blindsided by our enemy. Those fiery darts are going to come from nowhere sometimes. We're here praising God sometimes. And boom, here comes this fiery dart from Satan. Could come through a phone call. It could just come through many, many ways. So he says, look, make sure you look at every situation circumstance with spiritual eyes. Stay on the alert. You, you know the word in 1 Peter 5 eight. Just, just let me read it though, because uh, I think it's important to read God's word. 1 Peter chapter 5 and in verse 8. Uh, where it says, be of sober spirit, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour, and that someone is you. 
and me. Your relationships, my relationships, your family, my family, your children, my children, your grandchildren, my grandchildren, this body of Christ. And he doesn't give up. He never throws in the towel. And so we must constantly be on the watch. And then notice as we look in verses 19 and 20 as well, that his focus here is on witnessing, warring, watching, witnessing. So he says this in verses 19 20. Paul is getting real personal now. Where is Paul? Where, where was Paul when he wrote this letter to the church in Ephesus? Anybody know? Hmm? He was in prison and he was in Rome and he was in prison. Uh, he was uh, shackled to a Roman soldier 24-7. They'd take turns, but he never was where he had that incredible freedom uh, that he did, obviously we would all desire. He was going to go up before Nero uh, and um, we know ultimately what the sentence is going to be. But uh, so here's what he said. He's writing this letter to, to the church in Ephesus and he says, and pray on my behalf. He's being very specific here that utterance may be given to me in the opening up of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. You know, Paul may have made his greatest impact while he was in prison. Now, there were people who come see him. He just couldn't leave. He was under what we'd call today house arrest. But he was able to leave people even in part of the uh, Nero's family, the emperor's family, to the Lord through these Roman soldiers. And, and so God used him. He wrote this letter. He wrote other letters. Seemed like when Paul was in prison, that's when God was just filling him with the word through these letters that we get to study and learn from as we're doing with this one. And so he is praying to pray on my behalf that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known the, with boldness the mystery of the gospel for which I am, this is verse 20, I'm an ambassador in chains that in proclaiming it, I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Um, this is a very personal prayer request to Paul. It's a prayer request of mine. I'm not in prison. Now, we're getting in the very heart of this pandemic. There were times I thought I was in prison. You know, coming here and there'd be, you know, just the carpet down and no chairs and Hilda back there looking at me like she's doing right now, never nodding, wouldn't even fall asleep on me. You know, at least if you fall, at least I know you're here, you know. And, and then, of course, James and Luke will be up there, but like now, I can't see them, you know. And so there was that two and a half months, almost three months, which I kind of felt like I was in prison, and you did too, because we was having a quarantine and all that kind of stuff. But I want you to pray for me. I want you to take this prayer of Paul, not that I'm Paul or anything of that, that nature, but my position as a pastor, as one who 
uh, shares the word of God, I want you to pray. I'm asking you tonight to pray this prayer for me daily and especially on Sundays or whenever I am rightly dividing God's word. Someone asked me after the uh, morning service uh, how many, because in 11 o'clock I said something about no matter how many sermons I preached or whatever, I didn't say this at 9 o'clock, folks, if you were at 9 o'clock. But, you know, if it didn't come from the heart of love, it didn't matter. Didn't matter, you know, how I broke it down. Didn't matter how I was able to present it. If it was not from a heart of love, in the eyes of Jesus, it's wood, hay, and stubble. So someone asked me afterwards how many messages I think I have shared in, in my 40 years of pastoring. I said, well, I don't know, but you can just say take average three a week and 52 weeks and Multiply that out, multiply that by 40, and you'll get your answer where somewhere over 6,000. But you know, every one of them, just to reiterate what I said this morning, and even tonight, this message tonight, if it didn't come from love in my heart, now God is so good and God is so great that he can still take his word and touch you with it. But for me, if it didn't come from love, when I stand before him and say, that was wood, hay, and stubble. That's not gold or silver or precious stone. You get no reward for that. But he can still take his word and bless you with it. Praise his name for that. So, so here we have uh, the basis for spiritual warfare praying. Uh, I would like to get into some specifics following tonight by praying uh, for the church. How do you pray for the church? Um, and getting some very specific passages you can use as we were talking about, praying for the laws, praying for other things uh, as we seek to intercede, stand in the gap and pray for others. So thank you for coming. I'm gonna close in prayer and uh, trust that God will bless you the rest of this week. So Father God, we do uh, thank you for your word. We thank you that we are more than conquerors in Christ. We need not fear this battle at all. In fact, you tell us as you spoke through Paul to Timothy, you haven't even given us a spirit of fear at all. That's not of you. That's either of our flesh or of our adversary trying to strike fear in us. There is no reason to fear in spiritual warfare praying because we are in you, Lord Jesus, and you are the victor and uh, we have your strength, we have your spirit guiding us and directing us. Again, I'm so grateful for those who came tonight. I trust, Lord, you've given us all a heart of understanding and ears to hear, and that all of us will embrace it and build this into our lives. And we thank you in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thank you for coming, and thank you for watching. <laughs>